0: When King Gizo praised the courage of his all female elephant hunting force, the Gibeto told him a nice manhunt would suit them even better. Today's episode of History Obscura has been presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you and me to monetize our podcasts, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so we always know how much we're going to get when we include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Tell them History Obscura sent you. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. The coven's all here, ready for their bedtime stories. So why don't you get cozy with your own cup of tea and Blood biscuits and join in the fun. Once upon a time, in the kingdom of Dahomey, some centuries ago, it is said that Queen Hangbi inherited the crown of the land following the death of her twin brother and king, Akaba. King Akaba's death having taken place in about the year 1718, places Queen Hangbi's rule in the same time frame, during which she ruled as Supreme Monarch of the Kingdom, as well as Regent over the young Prince Agbo Sasa. The Kingdom of Dahomey was located in today's Republic of Benin, in Western Africa. According to some oral histories passed down in that part of the world, King Akaba was killed while taking part in a military expedition at the Wem River Valley. And following his death, Queen Hangbi put on his armor and continued leading the forces herself. For as many as three years, Queen Hangbi led additional military expeditions until she was forcibly removed from the throne by her younger brother, Agaja. Generations of women have told her story, relating that Queen Hangby's entire rule was erased from history by Agaja, who believed that only men should hold the throne. There are no weapons, commemorative jewels, or temples left, for archaeologists and future members of the Dahomey Kingdom to remember her by. Within the royal palaces at Abomey, a museum of bronze scepters are kept in order of the reign of their royal owners. Hangby's scepter is nowhere to be seen. It is only by telling her tale that Queen Hangby's legend has survived along with the knowledge that women can and have ruled entire kingdoms and armies all on their own. Furthermore, the role of hunter and warrior was one that gave meaning to thousands of third-rank royal wives of the Kingdom of Dahomey. As kings married hundreds of women and only chose a few of them to become mothers, This left crowds of women without a clear role in the palace. These royal wives had rare, privileged access to the palaces and palace gardens, and therefore they were ideal candidates to form hunting parties, as well as private guards and military ranks. Before losing her position of power, Queen Hangbi established her own personal bodyguard of these trained hunters from the wives of her deceased father, King Huegbeja. Called the Mino, these warriors were known as Our Mothers in the Fon language, and they were responsible for conquering neighboring nations, such as the capital city of Savi. When French colonial forces met with the Mino, they likened them to the Amazons of ancient Greece, calling them the Amazons of Black Sparta. French contemporary accounts describe the women as bold, audacious, and able to speak multiple languages. The Mino troops were kept well supplied with tobacco, alcohol, and slaves. When they exited the palace, they were preceded by a slave girl carrying a bell. The sound told every male to get out of their path, retire a certain distance, and look the other way. To even touch these women meant death. Mainly from the Fawn tribe, the women were trained to withstand the fear of pain and death from the age of about eight to 10. They were raised to be deadly but also educated in politics and civil matters. Hand-to-hand combat was their area of most expertise. They fought barefoot, equipped with clubs and knives. Some of their number were armed with three-foot-long straight razors, each wielded with two hands and capable of slicing a man fully in half. On a diplomatic visit to the Kingdom of Dahomey in 1849, British naval officer Frederick E. Forbes reported the brutal training methods of the women of the Dahomey Army. He saw 3,000 soldiers as they practiced scaling walls built from huge piles of needle-sharp acacia bushes, then mimicked hand-to-hand combat with enemy forces before bursting into huts designated as practice enemy territory, and claiming prisoners. Contemporary ruler King Glili, presented the most effective of his soldiers with rewards in the form of a prickly acacia belt, which they tied proudly around their waists to show their imperviousness to pain. Jean Bayot a French naval officer who visited the kingdom of Dahomey in 1889, watched as a teenage recruit named Naniska approached her first victim as part of warrior training. Brought before a young prisoner who sat bound in a basket, she walked jauntily up to the prisoner, swung her sword three times with both hands, then calmly cut the last flesh that attached the head to the trunk. She squeezed the blood off her weapon and swallowed it. After the training procedures, Forbes was privileged to witness a speech by the troop's general, who drew comparisons of valor and fierceness between her own army and that of European forces, suggesting that a friendship would be more lucrative than opposition. At the end of the 19th century, the Kingdom of Dahomey was under great pressure to fight or join with one of the European powers working to colonize large tracts of Africa. A French colony had been established at nearby Porto Novo in about 1889, when Mino troops unwittingly sparked their own downfall. Oral histories tell how the Dahomians attacked the French village and mocked the leader of the community when he told his residents the French tricolor flag would protect them from harm. So, you like this flag? The Dahomian general asked. Eh bien, it will serve you. She signaled to a soldier, who at once beheaded the village leader with a single swipe of her cutlass. They carried his head back to their king, wrapped in the tricolor. Ultimately, the French Republic, under leadership of President Marie François Sadi Carnot, engaged in two wars with the Kingdom of Dahomey that ended with the latter's signed resignation in 1894. It has been estimated that the Mino lost at least 6,000 soldiers in fighting the French, and as many as 15,000. Perhaps only 50 fit fighting women walked away from the war. The women were the last to surrender, but according to French soldiers, Even after the surrender of the Dahomey army, the survivors took their revenge on the French. Warriors snuck themselves into enemy stockades in place of their civilian counterparts. Each woman acted as if she had been seduced by the advances of a French soldier and accompanied him to his bed. There, she waited for him to fall asleep and then cut his throat with his own bayonet. At the end of the war, a French foreign legionnaire reported that his enemy forces were «warrioresses, who fight with extreme valor, always ahead of the other troops. They are outstandingly brave, well-trained for combat, and very disciplined. A French marine, Henri Morinval, stated that the Mino were «remarkable for their courage and their ferocity, and that they flung themselves on our bayonets with prodigious bravery. Happily, in 1978, a Beninese historian met an, to quote, extremely old woman in the village of Quinta, who told him that she had fought against the French in 1892. Nawi, as she was called, died the next year, aged well over 100. She was likely the very last of her kind, but she and a few others had lived long enough to see their country regain its independence in 1960. As for Queen Hangby, she had such positive support from her people that under the eventual rule of King Geso in the early 1800s, her independent royal house was given significant money intended to preserve and maintain its heritage. The queen's descendants currently reside next to the royal palaces of Abomi and preside over religious and ceremonial events. According to their own oral tradition, seven descendants of the queen have inherited her title, each serving the family as Queen Hangby in succession. Thank you for listening. Please consider giving us a cup of tea via the link in the show notes or going to buymeacoffee.com and searching for History Obscura. Good night!